This is The Grid, presented by American Shield Roofing and Construction, LLC. When you find yourself needing a roof repair and are looking for a roofing company, American Shield Roofing and Construction is happy to meet your needs. When dealing with a roofing company, you need a roof contractor who is dependable, who can arrive on time, and provide you with a new roof in a timely manner. Our goal is to present you with honest, accurate information, quotes, and estimates. Call us at 361-343-7018 or visit us at AmericanShieldRoofing.com. Proud title sponsor of the 2021-2022 Victoria Advocate Varsity Cup Awards. Well, the days are getting shorter, but playoff races are heating up. This is episode 10 of The Grid, the penultimate week before playoffs start in football. I'm Sam Fowler, assistant sports editor at the Victoria Advocate, joined as always, Mike Foreman, sports editor, and Jeremiah Sosa, sports reporter here with me as well as we dive into the next to last week of the regular season. Don't forget, we want to hear from you. Y'all didn't send us anything this week. You can reach us through Facebook, Twitter, or via email. Give us your questions, comments, concerns, or you just want to talk to us about football. We love to do that here. Facebook, reach us at either the Victoria Advocate or Advo Sports Facebook pages. Twitter, our handle is at Advo Sports. And our email is sports at vicad.com. Let's dive into the first segment, news. Mike, big news out of Schulenberg, but it was expected. Walt Brock, their athletic director and head football coach, he is officially gone. He resigned on... Tuesday, he was placed on administrative leave back in back in September. You know, you look at, or maybe it was it was early October. See, the days fly. You forget what you forget when it is. So he was he, early October. He was placed on administrative leave, and now now the news is official. What do you make of of this, and how do you feel the Shorthorns move forward after this? Well, this is no surprise. I mean, I think it was pretty obvious from the moment he got placed on administrative leave that he wasn't going to be back. Uh, This is just the way they obviously resolved all the contractual stuff where uh, if you read the entire release, uh, you know, they thanked him, he thanked them, the, the kind of niceties you see in these kind of statements. But the bottom line is he's now officially resigned. That means they can start looking for a new AD and head football coach. Uh, I guess we'll have to see if uh, Gilbert Price, uh, the interim coach, wants the job and applies. Uh, I would think they'd look at him. He's certainly capable. Um, I have no idea what direction they want. the board wants to go up there. But uh, I would think they'd have a new head football coach in shortly after uh, the season's over. And for them, obviously, it's going to be over in two weeks. So that, that should be resolved pretty quickly. Next, our favorite thing, Bailey Zappi watch. Well, Mac Jones came back this week, but this, the return for the Alabama product did not go as planned. He was benched in the first quarter. Bailey Zappi comes in. It didn't necessarily go well for him either as the Patriots lose 33-14 to to the Bears on Monday night football. Zappi was 14-22 for 185 yards, a touchdown, but two interceptions for the Victoria East product. You know, looking, moving forward again after the, after the game, Bill Belichick once again 
non-committal on who he's going to take going forward. People speculating one way or the other. Did did Zappy just Tom Brady just Tom Brady Mac Jones by usurping him coming in as a backup? Let's get to the hardwood. We got some district championship matches that we covered on Tuesday. First, uh, Victoria West, they fell in five sets to Flower Bluff in the District 29-5A championship match. That was that was a thrilling match. West had a chance to win it, though. Grace Weiler, her 10th kill, put the, put the Warriors up 13-12 in the fifth set. All they needed to do was close out the set two more points, and they would, they would have been the district champions. But errors and then... Flower Bluff sophomore Maggie Croft causing havoc once again. Croft, her kill, sealed the win for the Lady Hornets. West will be the number two seed coming out of District 29-5A. Playoff details to be determined pretty soon in the coming days. Then, Jeremiah, you went up the road to Schulenburg as the Lady Horns hosted the Lady Comanches of Shiner in the District 27-2A title game and I mean Schulenberg dominated that they they end up getting the sweep they end up going on as the 27-2A champion what did you see from that match and just what what allowed Schulenberg to come away with the sweep yeah well I think the you know the Schulenberg home crowd definitely kind of played a role in in Schulenberg kind of playing well uh in that first set you know Schulenberg they came out I think Went up 13 to three, uh, and then, you know, ended the set, you know, winning by 10 points. And in the next two sets, you know, Shiner came out, came out hot and I think they went up six points in the first, in the second set, and then they were up at, uh, four points in the third set. So, you know, it wasn't kind of like a, uh, kind of blowout from, from, uh, from Schulenberg. You know, they had to, they had to, you know, mount some comebacks in the second and third set. But, you know, behind that, that home crowd, the, you know, I think Schulenberg was really able to pull it off and, you know, get that district title. So, you know, it was a good win for them and, you know, good win for them, uh, you know, going in, going into the playoffs. Yeah, starting next week, we're going to start having a lot of volleyball talk when it comes to the playoffs. Goliad wins their district. That's no surprise. You've got all these teams. I mean, Calhoun playing well, Campo playing well. Victoria West, before the Flower Bluff game, they debuted in the Texas Girls Coaches Association Top 25 at number 22. So certainly a lot of good volleyball heading into the postseason. We're going to take a break before we get to week nine recaps. So we'll come back after this message from White Trash Services. I'm joined by BJ Nelson. BJ, White Trash Services, what is it and and what do y'all do? Well, thank you for asking. We gather trash in the counties around the Crossroads area. We've been in business for eight years, and we have dumpster, trash can, and roll-off companies. And, you know, y'all are are big advocates for for sports throughout the Crossroads region. Just what makes y'all want to sponsor uh, all, all high school sports throughout the Victoria area? High school sports are amazing. One, they keep kids out of trouble. It teaches them about character, teaches them about right and wrong, uh, how to do better in life. You learn a lot of life skills in sports and especially football. And how can someone get a hold of White Trash Services to start their service 
rent a roll off, or apply to be a part of your team. You can give us a call at 361-550-1826. I have a team of ladies that answer the phone and gentlemen. So give us a call anytime, 8 to 5 during the day, and uh, we'd be happy to visit with you about any of those things. Welcome back into episode 10 of The Grid. Time to look back at the week that was in week 10. And, Mike, it was a week. You you were down there in Refurio, and what a game you had. Refurio ends up, I don't necessarily want to call it an upset, but it certainly is an upset of sorts because, you know, Shiner, the defending state champion, you kind of expected them to win it with with Dalton Brooks and, and the way they had been playing, but Refurio came in that game with a lot of quiet optimism. They come out with a win, thirty eight to twenty seven. What can you say about the way Isaiah Bland stepped up for the Bobcats? Yeah, obviously uh, Refurio had been saving him for this game. Uh, he really didn't have a whole lot of yardage coming in. Very few carries. They have a number of running backs. But this game, uh, they kind of let Isaiah, Isaiah, I'm sorry, Isaiah Bland run, and boy, did he! Uh, 295 yards, three touchdowns, and, and it really an incredible uh, performance by him. He broke a lot of tackles too, and uh, the 89-yard run for a touchdown came on a fourth and one. You know, they were on their own 11-yard line, and that's pretty gutsy, but. Once he popped out of there, he was gone. And uh, I think the takeaway for three things for, for Refurio is, one, um, obviously I, Isaiah had a great game. Number two, their offensive and defensive lines are much better than last year. And three, which you can't discount, they were playing at home. And uh, it's always great to have that home crowd. I mean, like Jeremiah said, for the volleyball game, it, it makes a difference. Uh, Shiner's takeaway is uh, they know the ne- if they play again, they know they're going to have to tackle better. That's one. And uh, maybe do, you know, they, I mean, uh, I don't know if you could say a Refurio contained Dalton Brooks. I mean, he still had, what, 150, 160 yards and two touchdowns. But they, they didn't let Dalton Brooks be, beat them. That was the key for them. Uh, so I, I'm sure that we'll see a few different things. Um, I kind of think if they play again, Refurio may throw the ball a little more, but uh, that just depends. You know, we still have, what, about six weeks to go before they would match up. But uh, an outstanding game between two very good teams, and either one of them uh, would be a good representative uh, for this region. Only thing that might shake up is the teams they have to play to in order to meet in that rematch in the in the regional final. Maybe some new faces, which if you're a coach, that's certainly always a little bit of fun. To you're not always preparing for the same team. Well, we're gonna head to Memorial Stadium Friday night. Victoria West fifty to thirty five winners over Corpus Christi Carroll, clinching a playoff spot. And what a night by junior Kamari Montgomery it's just his first year as a running back and did he have a night to help West clinch the playoffs 243 yards four touchdowns also six tackles for the junior as he gets West back into the playoffs 
he wouldn't have thought that you you it, he wouldn't have believed you if you told him he would have rushed for that much when he made the switch ahead of this season. Man, that'd be crazy. I wouldn't expect myself to do that, but I felt like I really stepped up and did my job. Kamari certainly did his job, but uh, his first his first touchdown was a sixty nine yarder, and and you knew he was going to have a big game after that, and that's kind of a way to set the tone. However, uh, heading into this week and heading into these final two weeks, West is going to have. Plenty of work to do on the defensive side. They struggled against, they struggled to limit the the explosive play against Carroll. The Warriors allowed eight plays of twenty yards or more against the Tigers. I mean, when you've got East and Miller coming up in consecutive weeks with Miller this week, you certainly cannot have that moving forward. We weren't there, but Jeremiah, we've seen the box score. East does the same thing. They win 47 to 10 over Moody. They're back in the playoffs for the first time since uh 2020. Big game for big game for them from from Jaden Williams. He's he's able to do his job, get them back in the playoffs. What's this mean? How does this set up East to kind of play a little more freely over these next 2 weeks? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, this past win against Moody was a big win for them because you know, after starting 0 and 3, um you know, now they're win- uh, riding a 3-game win streak. You know, it really gives them kind of Kind of a little bit of space, not not to you know worry about missing out in the playoffs. Um, you know they have a, a few tough games ahead of them, but you know th- this one was big for them. You know, uh, Jaden Williams over 200 yards passing. Jacarian Giles he got he got his first action. You know, in a few weeks after missing with an injury, um, 88 yards and a touchdown rushing. Um, and their defense, you know, pl- played well again. Had one uh, takeaway, so you know it, it was a good win for for them to you know clinch that playoff spot and you know heading into the rest of the season where they have. A little bit more uh, tougher competition that you know we'll get into a little bit later. Then, Mike, you know the saying: two's the streak." St. Joseph, forty-nine to thirty-five winners over San Antonio TMI. Two straight wins for the Flyers, and that's that's the first half of what they had to do if they want to have if they want to have a chance to make the playoffs. They still have to win out, including this week against St. Michael's, and get help. So, still some work to do, but they're at least doing what they need to. Gage Barrera, 251 yards, three touchdowns. Jay Sadler, 129 yards, one touchdown on the ground. So kind of good to see some balance, seeing some some other guys step up. You know, for the Flyers now, you know, how does this kind of set them up to to try and and make the improbable happen? Well, uh, obviously, uh, Gage Barrera has just been the man for them. I mean, uh I, I, I don't think it's any secret their opponents know what they're doing, and he's still getting a lot of yardage. And uh, I know Kevin Alstrom, who's covered those games, uh, speaks highly of Jay Sadler, and I see he finally uh, was able to contribute. When you have two guys like that, it makes things a lot easier because it's harder for defenses to key on two guys than one, obviously. So... Uh, We'll see. Uh, St. Michael's has not been invincible. They, they've they lost some games. Um, they're still a solid team. But uh, the Flyers, you know, if they, they have to play with that urgency because, you know, they know they basically have to win out to get in. Then, Jeremiah, you saw you could call this an ugly game or a defensive game in Goliad. Edna wins 21-7. to Head coach Jimmy Mitchell, he didn't. 
Jimmy will never sugarcoat anything, as you'll hear here. Well, it was pretty sloppy. I mean, uh, the missed tackles, the turnovers, uh, we didn't block well. We had, I'm not even sure how many penalties. We had a ton of penalties. So uh, we didn't have a good performance. But, you know, I don't want to take anything away from uh, Goliad's kids and their coaches. I think thought they did a great job tonight. First things first, Mike, I think we need to see if we can somehow set up a arrange a meeting between Jimmy and uh, former LSU coach Ed Orgeron. I think that would be great, great content. But back to the game at hand. It may have been an ugly game, but a win's a win all the same, Jeremiah. And when you're Edna, or no matter what, whether you're Edna searching for a district title or your team's kind of on that on that cusp of a playoff berth, you know, you'll take a win however you can get it. When you look at it, just what do you see from both teams and, and and how was Edna able to do just enough to secure the win? Yeah, I mean, well, like you said, you know, not the prettiest game from from either team. You know, Edna, they had over 100 yards in penalties, uh, two turnovers. Goalie had 80 yards in penalties and two turnovers. So, you know, it was it was a, a kind of poor performance in that aspect. But I think what Edna, Edna really did well was run the ball. Um, you know, Cade, Cade wrote us. He, he came in and got 119 yards rushing in a TD. So, you know, Jaden Clay, uh, Edna's quarterback, he struggled a little bit throwing the ball, only got 68 yards. So Edna, uh, you know, when it came down to it, they they really leaned on that running game and, you know, kind of capitalized on some some turnovers and a muff punt that kind of really sealed the game for them uh, to, you know, get that win over Goliad and, you know, stay atop their, their district. And then I don't know if I want to call this a shocker, but given the way things have played out this season, it kind of is. Calhoun, 24-21 winners over Beville, who was in the running to win the district championship in that district. Now, Calhoun's right back in the thick of the playoff race. Mike, blocked field goal before halftime ends up kind of turning out to be to be the difference. It's the first win for Calhoun. What does a win like this do for a team like Calhoun, who's been just battling and battling and battling, trying to find something good, and they get that good thing, and now there's a chance that despite losing their first seven games, they could make the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. One win, um, you know, it puts them in that district in a four-way tie for third. So they know their fate is in their own hands. And uh, as Coach uh, Richard Whitaker said at practice the other day, you know, it's been a tough year all around, especially him personally. He lost his mom and uh, – but he he had nothing but praise for the for the team the players he said it despite all that has gone wrong and he he kind of kind of told me about some of the ways they lost games and it's just mind blowing i mean they were up way up on pleasanton they fumbled the ball they had penalties just just all kinds of things it's one of those years obviously when anything that can go wrong will go wrong but all that's behind them now. If uh, they take care of business against Rockport, Fulton, and then they close out the season against Floresville, uh, they win those games. They're in the playoffs. And um, I don't want to say nothing that happened before mattered because it does, but uh, it sure is a lot easier to live with if you get in the playoffs. Before we move on to our third segment, which is previews, I want to take some time to make sure you know to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast you don't want to miss out on the best sports coverage in the Crossroads area, and I do mean 
the best. We're like the Astros. We're we're, we're the perennial champions. Also, you can advertise with us. Your ad can go right here rather than my voice praising us uh, overtly. So make sure to get in touch with Kevin Alstrom. He can he can get you set up. Make sure that your your business gets out in front of thousands and thousands of people across the crossroads region, the state, as well as the country and the world. All right, let's dive into the penultimate week of the season. East is at home versus Veterans Memorial at 7.30, while West is going to Miller to Buccaneer Stadium at 7.30 p.m. on Friday. We're going to start off with Veterans Memorial, but before we get to it, what's on the line in these two games is a potential chance for East and or West to potentially get home field advantage in the playoffs heading in or, or to at least be in that seat heading into the last week of the season. And that would then create, uh, that would then create a three-way tie for, uh, for first. So big difference in that, you, you know, there's a difference between being at home and playing a team from San Antonio or, or Laredo and having to go to either San Antonio or Laredo, although going to San Antonio is kind of fun. Laredo, that's a drive. All right, Jeremiah, Easton Veterans Memorial, we've seen the Eagles. They've, they've been explosive. They put up over 600 yards of offense on, on, the, on West. What does East have to do? in order to slow down Veterans Memorial's offense and give their offense a chance. Yeah, well, you know, before I get into that, just, uh, you know, Mike was letting us know a little stat before before we started here that, uh, you know, East and Veterans Memorial have played four times, and, you know, the Eagles have outscored East 227 to 48. Is that correct? Yeah, 227 to 48. So, you know, in the past, it hasn't been a very, you know, very close matchup. But, you know, I think this week uh, what East really needs to do is kind of Kind of, I know, I know it's said it before, but you know their defense has to play well against you know an explosive offense like like the Eagles. Um, you know they they've kind of done their job in these past past few weeks against you know lower level teams, but you know this uh, you know this Eagles team is is a different different animal that that that's going to be coming at East. So you know I think I think East offense they should you know be able to get their yards as long as uh, quarterback Jaden Williams doesn't you know throw interceptions or turn the ball over. I think the offense will be fine. I think it really comes down to the defense because. You know, you look at past games like, like against Miller um, and, you know, Canyon earlier in the season, um, you know, which were, you know, two of their tougher opponents this, this year. Um, you know, their defense really struggled. And, you know, that's kind of kind of how they're, they're they They kind of lost that those games. So I think if if East's defense really steps up, you know, they could have a chance of, you know, uh, kind of turning over that that, you know, that past history of, you know, getting blown out by by the Eagles. But, yeah, I, I feel like. If East really wants a chance to, you know, stay in this game, their their defense is going to have to, you know, try to try to do their best, uh, you know, holding up that running game and Elijah Duretti. And then for West against Miller, the the same thing has to happen. They have to limit these explosive plays. Like I said, against Carroll, they allowed eight plays for twenty yards or more. Meanwhile, Miller they're averaging five hundred and nineteen point six two yards. And forty six point eight seven 
points per game. This offense is prolific. I know you saw them, Jeremiah. You can attest to that. But for Wes, it's going to be a matter of can they get – it's going to have to be Kamari. It's going to have to go on – fall on Kamari Montgomery's shoulders this week. I mean, last week, you know, Wes had to deal with with a plethora of injuries, one of those being to being to quarterback Camden Rupper. Now, there's no word on, on whether he'll play or not, but even if he's out there and, and still hurt because – you know, it, it appeared to be an, a, a lower body injury for him. Just it's going to have to, it's going to have to fall on the, on the bell cow to really step up and kind of set the pace for, for Repper or even Don Martinez who came in for Repper while he was being looked at last week. You know, whoever, whoever is back there, it's, it's going to have to be Montgomery stepping up. And right now the, Junior is 48 yards away from the thousand yard mark, so certainly a certainly a, a big opportunity for both teams, and like we said, chance to potentially throw throw an entire wrench into District 14-5A Division One. We mentioned the Flyers, St. Joseph. They're going to be in Yokum on Friday. They host St. Michael's at 7 p.m. Now, St. Michael's is kind of one of those first obstacles for the Flyers. They're sitting in a tie for third, and St. Joseph is sitting in a tie for fifth. So, for the Flyers, like we said, they've got to win out, and this is the first one. It's going to be tough because St. Michael's has a very, very balanced offense. They've got nearly 900 yards rushing, 1,200 yards passing, so they can they can get it done on the ground and through the air. So that'll be a fun one. Our friend Kevin Allstrom, he's going to cover that one for us as well. Then we're going to go a little bit down the road from from Yoakum to Hallettsville as the Bramas will host Hitchcock at 7.30 p.m. Hitchcock comes in ranked number two in the state in Class 3A Division I. Mike, we, we've seen this Brahma team. I mean, they when they're, when they're healthy, they're good, and they, they're still really good solid even despite the injuries but you know can't what do the Braves have to do to potentially pull the upset of number two well I think the biggest factor is they're they're just going to have to control uh Hitchcock's speed uh Houtsville coach Tommy Pensick said that Hitchcock had six guys that could outrun anyone on Houtsville's team and Houtsville's not slow so that that means that uh, obviously Hitchcock's pretty electric, and I think that's the key for Houtsville is to limit the big play and to try to force them into a possession game type where Houtsville has a shot at them. Um, you know, Hitchcock, uh, they're 9-0 and for the first time in school history. They won the state 7-on-7 seven seven title. I know everybody was up in arms and was shocked when they uh, beat Refurio back in the first week of the season. Uh, but they've shown that they are a real team, and they're going to have to be reckoned with. Uh, they beat Columbus. The other thing is uh, Houtsville, in the two games it's lost, uh, I think they've kind of worn down because they have a lot of guys going both ways, and that's that's another key for them. And, and that the weather may actually help Houtsville if it's cooler because that way they won't get as tired. But the main thing, I think, like – like we we talked about, is just to limit the big plays and uh, kind of contain them as best you can. 
kind of a thin week all around in terms of in terms of games, but those are the four that certainly have potentially the most significance heading into week ten. That'll about wrap things up here on episode ten of the grid. Like we said, be sure to get in contact with us through Facebook, Twitter, or email. We want to hear from you. Make sure to get out to games. Let us know what you're seeing. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with all of your friends because, well, we're the best and you should give your friends the best. We'll be here once again, same time next week for the last regular season episode of The Grid. <laughs>